I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Ever seen the sky so blue? It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Top of the hour feature, you want to talk this hour about aeration. And I usually think about aeration, Ton, as being a spring thing. So I was curious as to why this uh, piqued your interest today. Well, there's a few reasons, and we're getting a lot of long calls on why is my lawn brown and how can I help restore it. And it's been kind of an ongoing topic for the last two or three weeks. Mm-hmm, no doubt about it. And so I wanted to talk about aeration, what it does, what it doesn't do, and why it may be important to do a fall aeration. I've taken a fact sheet. From the University of Iowa, I, I spent the week in Iowa, and so I thought I would throw <laughs> them a bone. Fair. It's actually a pretty good fact sheet. <laughs> yes. Uh, you want to go to the Iowa Fair, State Fair, it's something to behold. You better like pork. You better like pork, though, because the pork is everywhere. And I'm not talking government, but just the meat. <laughs> um, but side, side topic. But okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Aeration. Um, aeration. So... Keeping a lawn healthy, if you have clay soil or clay loam soil, involves aeration, at least in the spring. And what will happen is you pull the plugs out, and generally they're an inch to an inch and a half Mm -hmm. long. Longer would be better if we could find the right aerating machine to do it, but those are still beneficial. And what you're doing is pulling out some soil and some thatch, that comes along with it and you leave it on top of your lawn. And as that breaks down, it introduces microorganisms into the thatch layer that helps break the thatch down more quickly. So there's one benefit. It also loosens the soil, not really deeply, but it loosens it. So you get more root growth. And so the lawn is healthier. Sanctioned camping. There are folks who are not So at any, what we're looking at is that 
these plugs, as they come out of the soil, benefit through introducing the microorganisms and then freeing up some airspace in there as the and the lawn settles back in, it loosens up a bit mm-hmm. and puts some more oxygen in the soil. And so we always recommend doing this in the spring, you know, on most soils unless they're sandy and there's not a lot of thatch there. But the advantage to doing this in the fall, let's say you have small kids that love to play soccer and football on the lawn. You do a lot of garden parties. You're driving side-by-sides or four-wheelers on your lawn and you're compacting the soil and making it harder for the grass to grow. And so to offset this, a fall aeration will help greatly. And so you're wanting to, again, the recommended plug length is three inches, Mm -hmm. but there just aren't a lot of machines available to homeowners that do that. And so you want to pull the cores out and leave them on the lawn again to work their way back into the soil. But the way this contributes to lawn health is it helps keep the soil with more airspace in it. And it helps break down the thatch to keep the lawn healthier. Okay. So do you want to talk about what it doesn't do? What doesn't it do? It is not going to restore a lawn that has been destroyed by disease or by lawn grubs. If you've had disease in your lawn, it might help by adding some airspace into the soil. But it's not an instant gratification thing for just restoring the lawn immediately. It's not going to green it up immediately. It's not, but it's more of a long-term soil health that then keeps your lawn healthier because of the increased root space and the increased aeration in the lawn. So we're that airspace in there so that the lawn is just healthier. You know, sometimes we're asked, you know, my lawn is looking really bad and I've got a lot of thatch and will an aeration help? On an individual basis, a little bit, but when you have a lot of thatch and clay soil, it has to be once or twice a year. Okay. Anything that you want to add? No, I think that's about it, but it's just a gentle reminder for those that, you know, there are a lot of areas, the Wasatch Front, that have clay loam or clay textured soils. And if your lawn has been struggling, then this can help because of the benefits, but the other thing it will do a little bit is help water penetrate a little more deeply into the soil so that it the roots will go more deeply because the thatch is not dead grass blades, it's dead roots and dead crowns that are building up. Mm-hmm. And so if you can eliminate some of those and help them break down more quickly, get those roots going, it just is an overall benefit for your lawn. Okay, and we put up an article on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page if you would like to learn more about core aeration. We're going to take a break, come back with your calls. Gwen's going to be first up on the line. Number to call, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. 
And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call, 801-575-8255. You can text us your questions, 57500. I did want to answer an aeration question here, Ton, since we started the hour with that. Uh, This person would like to know, would aeration help their bumpy 30-year-old yard? It will help in the sense that it just, what we previously discussed, but it will not flatten the yard out. Mm -hmm. In those situations, if it's not too bad, you can gradually add sand into the low places. But if you have a combination of slightly uneven soil and over the years clumpy grasses have moved in, it's not not going to help in that situation. I've seen, and I don't know what companies are doing it, but there are some companies that are basically taking a – Dethatching machine mm-hmm. and scalping the lawn down to the soil surface so that they're just leaving the tips of the crowns and they go in and laser level and put sand down or topsoil if you have it and doing a completely laser leveled lawn. Wow. And then letting the lawn grow back. It's extremely damaging to the lawn. But if you're to the point that people are tripping and you can't really mow, it may be an option. Is it expensive? Yes, it's very uh, expensive. More expensive than putting in a new lawn? I th- maybe. Ooh, okay. I'm not sure that would be my option, but no. But interesting it does to get know it that it's very there. Flat. Check it out at least, yeah. right? Um, we lost. We Gwen's call dropped, but her question was about lawn. So I'm going to go ahead and ask her question. Um, she was concerned about lawn in shaded area and a shaded area that's dying. And is there much that you can do when the the lawn isn't getting enough sunshine? Well, if it's shade trees in midwinter, you can take a few limbs out that will allow more sunlight into the area. Because you do hit a point that it's just too shady for grass. But then if if that's the situation, I would go back in with creeping red fescue mm-hmm. and seed creeping red fescue in the area because it is the most shade tolerant lawn. Okay, but there's nothing you can add to the lawn to make it healthier in you the could shade? Tr- or... No, because genetically the... Especially Kentucky bluegrass just isn't that shade tolerant. The fat fescues are more so. Mm-hmm. So you could heavily aerate the area just to open up the soil and then top dress with red fescue. And I would do that sometime in late October and then just let it germ excuse me, germinate in the spring. Okay, a couple more lawn questions. This person has three different types of weeds in their front yard grass. Uh, what kind of fertilizer do you recommend and when? They're saying they have weeds. Three different types of weeds. If they're broadleafed, I would just use a lawn weed killer this fall to see if you could kill them out. And then because those weeds are there, it may be a sign that the lawn is unintentionally mismanaged. And so I'd focus on mowing at three inches. Fertilizer will help thicken the grass up. But you're probably going to need to kill the weeds out for the most part and then help the lawn recover to keep them gone. Okay. And the next person says, what can I do with my lawn? It has a fungus. They think it has a fungus. Second year, uh, is there a spray? Do they need to dig it up? 
I, there would, are so many different lawn funguses. Yes, I would things. dig a sample and mail it to USU, uh, their pest lab. And if you do a Google search of USU pest lab sample submission, it gives you all the instructions and pricing. And the most expensive pricing for a lawn sample, I think, is 15 or $20, so it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to pay about 9 or 10 bucks in postage to get it there. But that's the first thing I would do. Instead of just starting random kind of shotgun approach sprays, I would get it diagnosed. All right. Addie is on the line in Orem. Good morning. Addie, what was your question? Hi. Um, I have about five evergreen trees. They're spruces. And uh, the north side of them is all dying on all five of them. Is that the side facing the home? It's the side facing um, the neighbors. So, but it's fairly close to, are they planted within a few feet of the neighbor's house or fence? No. Uh -uh. Okay. They're close to a fence, but they're not close to the house. Okay. It's about, uh, about 20 feet from the fence. Okay. So the north side of each one, and that would indicate something more environmental causing it, and it could be anything. What kind of spruce are they? Are they Albertas um, or the, like, Arnold Sentinels? They look like blue spruces. I don't know enough to know the difference between Okay, so they're a standard of, spruce, not a miniature or a dwarf. No, they were mature trees. They were planted by um, my husband's grandparents. Okay, and it's the north side. Is it the upper end of them or? No, it's starting kind of from the bottom and then working its way okay. up. And now we are having it creep around to the south side and you just see okay. them droop, turn brown, and then die. Okay. The branches. So if those roots are probably reaching under the neighbor's lawn. Is the neighbor, do they have turf grass um, or? No, no, they don't. They, um, they, it's a new development to the north of us. Okay. It used to be an orchard, and now it's... But this this was started several years ago before they started construction over there, and it's just gradually gotten worse. Okay. So in that area where the orchard used to be, I'm wondering if several years ago they switched from flood irrigation to micro-emitters under the trees that were eventually torn mm-hmm. out. No, they they always did flood irrigation until about three years ago. Okay. But there's been a three-year period of time to where those sides of the trees, those roots haven't had a lot of water. Okay. So I guess what I'm I'm trying to figure out what's going on because it sounds environmental. And if it's only the north side and all of a sudden it's creeping around, there's something on that north side that's happened in the environment or something that people have done through construction Mm -hmm. or just over the years that that's because you don't get five trees in a row and have it be a disease that it's all on the north side kind of duplicate in each tree. And so Mm -hmm. it's something environmental that's happened on them. And the most likely thing is a lack of water water on that side of the tree (laughs) to where on the other side, they're getting lawn water and more regular irrigation Mm -hmm. because spruce are not drought hardy at all. They need water Uh weekly. So that's what I'm wondering if if what is going on. Let me have you go on the other side of, this will be after we're off the phone, but on the other side uh-huh. of the trees and take some pictures of the trees and email them to, um, the email address is called Garden Help. That's all one word. Uh-huh. At USU 
Edu. Okay. And let's email some pictures over and because if that orchard has been, the trees were already starting to suffer and I acknowledge that, but if there hasn't been any regular irrigation, even if there's 20 or 30 feet, there could have been enough root under there that something's happened. Something else that could be happening is if the old, the former farmer or somebody was spraying a ground sterile on the ditch and those trees were being exposed every year, but just to minor amounts, that could also be causing a lot of harm if the ditch bank or the edge of the property was sprayed. Okay. So garden help. At USU. Yeah, garden help at USU dot edu. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, Addie, thanks for your call this morning. Uh, next listener, Ton, uh, this was the listener who was asking about the geraniums that they have been overwintering for the past 20 years. And um, this person says that they looked healthy. They have a couple in pots that they look healthy, but they haven't bloomed. So they're wondering if there's anything they could do to help them help them bloom. I would almost take cuttings and start new plants. It could be that they're just getting tired. And so if they have had those in the sunlight and there were absolutely no flowers, they could do the cuttings and see if the cuttings produce flowers on their own. And if not, it could be that they've just reached their usable lifespan Mm -hmm. and they need to start over with something new. But that would be what I would do. Just make sure that they're maybe in enough sunlight, maybe get some Osmocote on them, some fertilizer, and could try repotting them and try repotting them. But those are the things I would do. But if they don't produce flowers by next year, then it could just be that they're kind of tired. Okay. Next listener would like to know what to do for fairy ring and how long does it take to fix it? Well, fairy ring can be masked by lawn fertilization that shows up in lawns that are short of nitrogen. And they're in fertilized lawns. It's just that they're masked. Mm -hmm. So it's a fungus that's decomposing organic matter in the upper soil. And it's not really a problem. You can get some dead grass behind the ring as it moves outward. But eventually they just kind of either go away or they work their way into the neighbor's lawn. Hmm. All right. Uh, next person would like to know, is it too late to thin apples? They have Golden Delicious and John's? John? To Jonathan. There, it's too late. Too late to do yeah, any thinning, it's thinning of apples right now, or Unless you're going or... to have the branches just totally break. Physiologically, the tree has already expanded that fruit as much as it will or nearly as much as it will. And they should have been thinned sometime in early to mid-June. All right, we're going to take a break for the bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Nika, your call will be up next. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at 57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.